Okay, everybody, welcome back once again to Tech Gumbo. I'm Haggai Davis II, along with Haggai Davis III, and we'd like to welcome you to Tech Gumbo. Here on our show, we like to talk about the past, present, and future of all things technology in a topical, interesting, and digestible way. Without geek speak or a bunch of acronyms, we just want to talk about technology that's important to us and important to you. We also want to thank Cardinal Capital. To business owners and CEOs, hopefully you have a good relationship with your lender. Even if you do, sometimes you face other challenges, such as a need to consolidate debt, a want to level out your cash flow, or a desire to buy new equipment because you're in growth mode. If this describes you, give Cardinal Capital a call, whatever your need or challenge. They have over 4,000 lenders where they source commercial capital for business clients. Chris, Gary, and Rob at Cardinal Capital have a passion for business, and they want you to succeed. When you meet with Cardinal Capital, they get to know you and your business, so they can present your needs to lending institution that will best fit your unique situation. In short, they go after money for your business. They translate your business into what's important for lenders, and they are good at it. Depending upon what the deal is, no matter how complicated or straightforward, they will help maximize your profitability while setting your business up for success. They find the best solution for your situation, all while being fun and easy to deal with. For more detailed information, visit their website at cardinalcap.net. You can also call them 225-308-3700 or email them info at cardinalcap.net. All right, Mr. Davis, let's do us some tech gumbo today. Yes, please. Start off with our news and updates here. A researcher hacked into the back end of the smart jacuzzis, the smart tub brand. Fortunately, this guy was a good guy, not a bad guy. Yes, he was just looking around to see what he could find. And turns out he found a wide open hole that allowed him to go into the smart jacuzzi database and to see all kinds of personal information, names, email addresses, administrative rights, addresses. And he was like, I'm not supposed to be able to do this. And he contacted Jacuzzi and is like, hey, you guys need to patch this. This is embarrassingly bad. Basically told them they had their pants down around their ankles and everybody could see what was going on fortunately this is what's called a white hat hacker this is not he he was the good guy out there who was just kind of looking around see what he could find and look what he found he found a massive database all of the jacuzzis out there the smart tub jacuzzis are just sitting out there with the data floating around all the there's everybody who the names, addresses, phone numbers, serial numbers on the jacuzzi tubs, all of that information, probably also the credit card information, how they purchased all the information was all hanging out there, flapping in the wind. If anybody with his skill level went for it, they could have found it. Yeah. The good news is he told them within hours after finding it, then waited until they had fixed it before going public with this, this information. So it's no longer a concern directly but it's not great that it was in the first place no not a good look so thank you to the white hat hacker the next story we wanted to talk about apparently there's some some tech gumbo fans in the u.s senate oh absolutely there are three u.s senators who agree with us that the uh, eu legislation to move to a common charging port is a good idea 
That's right. They've taken it one step further. They've said, yes, the, the EU, they're trying to standardize on USB-C by 2024. Well, they're because they're they're senators, they like to talk about things and, and do stuff in committee and study things. They want to look at what's the best optimal charger, and let's go with that. Their their goal is to create a comprehensive strategy in order to develop a best standard. It's entirely possible and entirely likely that if this were to move forward, they would just land on USB-C. But I agree, this feels like, well, we need to have a study in place and we need to be technocratic about it so that whenever the, it comes up, we can point to the report that says, look, it's we didn't just pick USB-C, we can prove that whatever we did was the best choice. And so it's unlikely this goes anywhere anyway, but at least they're trying. It just sounds like it's going to give the, a, a whole team of lobbyists a whole lot of reasons to throw a lot of money around for a whole lot of different companies with all of their different standards as to why you should go with our standard, not that standard. Well, it, would, it wouldn't be anything. It would either be USB-C or a creation of something new. And so it's, it's unlikely that because USB-C is the best that's out right now, and as we talked about last time, it's tough to see far enough to figure out what's going to come after that. And so there's not a whole lot of vested money in, you know, pick me, pick me, but doesn't mean that someone wouldn't find a way to make money off of it. We'll, as always, continue watching and learning and seeing what they're doing. And we will report back if and when they actually do anything. Next story we wanted to talk about was our friends at SpaceX. They are trying to bring their satellite-based internet to the Royal Caribbean cruise ships. This makes a lot of sense to me. If you're currently on a Royal Caribbean cruise ship, your Wi-Fi download speeds are moving about as fast as the ship itself is. Somewhere three to five megabits per second. And the, the Starlink would give you that huge upgrade up to 50, maybe even up to 250 megabits per second. My guess is, you know, Starlink is going to open up a port and make it a little bit faster for a, a huge cruise ship with 5,000 people on it. But even even still, if it's only 250 megabits, that's a whole lot faster than the current five megabits that HughesNet can provide them or whatever other satellite group that's out there. Yeah, whenever you're 10 times faster, 20 times faster, I think I think that's a pretty solid kick up right there. If you're sitting there in your stateroom on the ship, you're probably with 5,000 people trying to grab that little bit of bandwidth. You're not going to stream Netflix when you're out on a cruise ship. You'll be able to check your email, maybe a Google search for a little bit, maybe look at Facebook if that's what you want to do. would hope you wouldn't, but that's about as much as you're going to be able to do when you've got 5,000 people trying to use 250 megabits of throughput. The stories with SpaceX doesn't quite end there. The, the folks at the DISH network are very upset with SpaceX because the people who have bought the Starlink dishes are putting these dishes on the back of their boats and, and vehicles, and, and they're moving around using these, their dishes while they're traveling. And, and, and Starlink is saying, we didn't tell them they could do it. And DISH is saying, well, you should tell them to stop. And DISH is saying that SpaceX is tacitly encouraging users to do so. That it's SpaceX has never directly said that you could, but it's very on brand for a Musk company 
to be like, hey, look at this cool thing that we can do. Oh, the fine print says that you can't and shouldn't, but look how cool it is. There's videos of him in the Tesla driving around with his hands not on the wheel. And he's like, look how awesome we're in the future. But all of the literature says that you, you have to have both hands on the wheel of the Tesla at all times. But there he is, look how cool it is. And Dish is saying that SpaceX is doing the same thing with users for Starlink moving their dishes around. That's right. According to Dish Network, they're saying that SpaceX is breaking the FCC's rules by allowing people to, to move. Even though Starlink has released their Starlink RV, where you can take your dish and when you're set up somewhere new, when, you sp- when you're stopped and safely not moving, you can set up your dish and, and pull down the internet. It's a little slower. We talked about it in a couple of weeks back. But people are mounting these dishes on the back of their RVs. So when they're driving down the interstate, they're still connected to the Internet. And why would you blame them if it works? And that's the thing is that, yeah, it's cool, but that's a different type of federal regulation. And Dish is saying that you guys don't have approval for that yet. We have rules and... You're either saying, wow, you know, what an interesting idea. It's kind of neat. You might not be saying, hey, go do that. But they're saying there's a tacit endorsement. And for the record, SpaceX has actually applied for FCC clearance to allow their, their, their customers to use Starlink while moving on a car, on a boat or a plane, you know, or on a train or with a goat or wherever. They have not gotten the FCC approval yet. So moving along, if you ever using your Microsoft computer decided to do the control C, you know, copy and then paste, and you grabbed a really big, big amount of data and it didn't all copy over, it wasn't just because of you, you, you were doing something wrong. Turns out Microsoft has a limit as to just how much you can copy. Right. But it's not a limit in the way that you would expect. It's not that they have a limit on the size in terms of memory, because the way they copy and paste works is it doesn't say, let me copy all this data and hold it in my hands right now. If someone were to ask for it, it says, let me figure out where this is and if someone comes to ask me what it is i can just point you to where it is they're not trying to say if someone comes to ask me let me tell you but the problem is is that whenever you point to oh look it's over there that pointing only lasts for a certain amount of time after it started and so whenever you have something big and complicated like rich text inside of excel Excel doesn't really like rich text, and Excel doesn't like a whole lot in the first place. And so that conversion takes longer than the amount of time allotted. And so that pointing runs out midway through, and it breaks, and all of a sudden you get nothing back. It's about 30 seconds that Microsoft will allow you to to do when you're copying something. So the example in this article, if you're trying to copy 300,000 rows of of data in a spreadsheet well that's not just going to copy real fast that's got to compile and and if it takes two minutes to pull all of that data together you're a minute and a half over your limit so you're not going to get it all in one chunk 
you're going to have to go back and take much smaller bites at a time to copy and paste, copy and paste, copy and paste, copy and paste. But very rarely is it that you're looking to pull 300,000 rows from Excel in a rich text format in the first place. If you're trying to do that, I recommend you find a different method because none of those things are designed to work in that way, and you're going to run into errors at that scale. Yeah, at that point, you really, I mean, that's an extreme example, and you're right. You're talking about database management at that point. Go go do something different than copy and paste when you're doing database management. Yeah, could you use a hammer to build the Empire State Building? Sure, but there's a reason we have other bigger, better tools. So this recently... Apple had their Worldwide Developer Conference, and they made a couple of big announcements. One of them is about CarPlay and going to get a big update that kind of makes makes us a little nervous. So they are talking about a new revamped CarPlay, which is more deeply integrated with the host vehicle. And so right now, CarPlay shows your normal apps. In the future, it'll also be able to do things like adjust the radio or adjust the air conditioner, which are, are nice. Those are fine. But the place wherever I get nervous is you can also do things like check the fuel gauge. You can also check the RPMs. You can also check the speed. You can check the battery status. And the reason that these make me nervous is that anytime you have these critical core components that help drive the car connected to the outside world, it makes it more likely that someone could use this as a path to break in and do bad things through cybersecurity crimes. So what they're talking about in these these cars is the whole dashboard is one screen now. You may have seen one or two of the car commercials where the from door to door is just a computer screen. Well, that's what they're talking about. And that's where everything is headed in new cars. So you plug in your iPhone, your iPhone now controls all of these screens. It is your speedometer, it is the tachometer, it is the fuel gauge. Everything is running from your phones. When your phone is pulling the information from the car and then displaying it back out. and Oh, by the way, what happens if the phone stops or if the phone has a problem? How quickly does do you get control of the screen when you unplug or, or, or disconnect the phone from your car? The number of things about this that could go wrong just really make me nervous here because you you want these system critical functions to display clearly, to display consistently, and you want them isolated from the entertainment and kind of auxiliary functions. I, like, I'm totally cool if you want to have the this display have the map, the navigational map. That's great. But whenever someone says, hey, I'm providing you a port to go look at the how the engine's turning over right now, uh, that's makes me nervous because you're now creating a path for someone to get into how this the engine is turning over even if it's you know supposed to only flow information in one direction anytime you create that pipeline people are going to sit there and be looking how can i break this how can i abuse this and it's just safer to not create that pipeline in the first place 
We've said it for years and years and years on this show. When you take any device and you connect that device to the internet, that device is now exposed to the internet. And as we evolve with the autonomous vehicles, where more and more things are controlled by the computer, because as we all know, these cars, even cars today, are just computers that, that run on wheels. Well, when the car really starts taking over everything, and now you can plug your silly little iPhone in, and your iPhone is gonna run your autonomous vehicle? That's a big, big red flag. You're placing a whole lot of risk on the security of the phone, on the security of the connection. And it just, the risk isn't worth the reward to me. That you can have your internal display for the critical things, and that, that can be fine, and you keep everything else separate. You know, you want to show the album artwork, you want to show a clock, you want to show, you know, is your garage door open? Those are all fine things. We can then get into the question of how much information should your display be showing? Human beings are very distractible. And if you're going to throw 14 different screens with 17 different types of information and lights and whistles and blinking, people are going to be even more distracted than they already are. And so there's a really big question of, is this going to cause more wrecks because someone just turns their head a little bit more often? Do we want this, regardless of whether or not it's possible or is it safe? That's a whole other question. But please, please, please don't have it be tied to the actual engine itself. And that's what really makes me nervous here. And this wasn't just a random car or a random car manufacturer. This list was Ford, Mercedes, Nissan, Porsche, Land Rover, Audi, Acura, Honda, Lincoln, Jaguar, Volvo, Renault, Polestar, and Infiniti. That's the who's who of car manufacturers. That's pretty much just all of them. And, you know, maybe you're leaving out like Hyundai, but now the good news is these are people who say they have plans to support this. This is not set in stone, but you have to think that. If, if one person does it and it gets great reviews and a lot of people are talking about it and it creates a big buzz, the industry is going to shift that way very quickly because it, it's flashy and it looks cool. It's, that's exactly right. And it's marketing. You can see the commercials coming. I'm, I'm, I'm not excited about this. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, your friend gets in the car and says, hey, look at this new car that I bought and look at all the cool things it does. Oh, you have to think that marketing is just loving that thought. They're licking their chops over it. But just because we can doesn't mean we should. And I feel like that's a statement that's been coming out of my mouth a whole lot about technology recently that often. But... Yeah, we, we have to really make sure that whenever we're implementing this technology into cars, which are big and fast and dangerous, that we really, really thought about what the implications of it are. The last thing we wanted to talk about real quick that Apple made an announcement that, oh, by the way, they've got a lot of money. And since they have a lot of extra money hanging around, they're going to start lending it. They're now unveiling a pay plan. And so they already have the Apple credit card. Now they're just becoming the Apple bank as well. They're calling it Apple Pay later. And so if you want to 
have Apple lend you money, Apple says, sure, we've got a whole investment division that let's make more money. We have enough just sitting in a bank somewhere. Let's make more. They're sitting on $200 billion in cash and need something to do with it. So, hey, if you need a you need a little extra cash to get through, got a got some bills you got to pay, whatever, give Apple a call because they're looking to lend money. We want to thank General Informatics for sponsoring our show. General Informatics is an information technology firm with a mission to make our clients even more successful through the best use of technology. Based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, General Informatics is a premier IT managed service provider delivering exceptional managed IT solutions to a diverse base of customers across the southeastern United States. From the beginning, we have maintained our commitment to meeting the growing needs of our clients through continuous innovation. With over 20 years of experience and a team of 180 plus employees, including technicians, engineers, program designers, GI has evolved to become the leading IT partner of business schools and government agencies. Our managed services teams can run your digital infrastructure or support your team on an on-demand basis, letting you focus on your business strengths. This has become a proven formula. So proven that 98% of our clients continue to do business with us year after year. Whether you need IT services, new technology, or have a question, visit us on the web at geninf.com. If you enjoyed our show today, we are here on Talk 107.3 FM every Saturday at 4 p.m. And the show reruns Sundays also at 4 p.m. If you missed any part of the show or you'd like to hear this or previous episodes, check out our podcast. Available on almost every podcast platform, including iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music Audible, and more. When you're there, be sure to subscribe so you get notified every time we post a new episode. If you like our show or you have any suggestions, let us know on our website at www.techgumbo.net. Thank you for listening to Tech Gumbo.